Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Come on, let's give Jesus a bigger hand clap than that. He is risen from the grave. Amen. Like they said, my name is Darian Rains. I'm the senior pastor, actually the founding pastor of Your Place Church. And the only reason why I say that today is because we are celebrating 10 years as a church in Mace County. So I'm excited about that. 10 years ago, Easter, we, we launched the, the, the fir- very first service of Your Place Church, and we had 134 people there that day, and I'm telling you, the, the feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm actually a pastor now came over me, and uh, it's been a great 10 years, and uh, last, a couple, week, a couple weekends ago, we celebrated our, our anniversary, I had inflatables, had a big nacho bar, it was fun, and uh, we all put our hands in and committed to go another 10 years, Amen or 20, or 30, or 40, or 100, amen? So we're just, we're just excited to be here today. Um, our normal service times, we had to add service times for Easter because we know uh, everybody who loves Your Place Church was going to be here, and then they were going to bring their families. And so today we had four. Um, next week we're going to go back to our normal service times, 9.30, 11.30, and 1.30, unless this works because right now this is working for us. First service was packed out, second service, they've got chairs all the way to the back of the room, and uh, third and fourth service are to come, and so we're excited about that. I did want to let everybody know, this Wednesday, we're actually having a very special service. Um, At the last Wednesday of every month, we get together, all of our services get together on a Wednesday night right here in this room, and we do what we call last Wednesday night experience, and what that means is the worship team shows up. Uh, we worship until it hurts, which is a good thing, right? We worship, and then, and then it's a time of prayer, a uh, time of seeking the Lord, and it's just a really, really powerful, special time. If you've never been, I would invite you to come this Wednesday night at 7. And here's the thing, guys. When we're talking about Easter, Easter means a lot to me. And uh, I, if you're new with us, you probably don't know my particular story, but for me, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. And when I say I see, I see things about the goodness of God that has forever changed my life. I used to be bound up in fear, and God set me free from that. Uh, when, you, when you live every day of your life wondering if that's the day, you know what I mean? Um, it's not a very happy life to live. But Jesus set me free from all of that, and I live today safe and secure. You know, the Bible says when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I'm thankful for Jesus Christ today because he means a lot to me personally. And so we're celebrating his resurrection. I was going through some of my notes, you know, being all nostalgic, looking over some of the series and the notes we've done in the last 10 years. And I actually came across the very first message on launch day for... 1209, right? And I came across that very first message, and here we are 10 years later, 421, 19, right? And I thought it would be super cool if I would if I would minister along those same lines today. I just thought for nostalgia reasons, I'm gonna preach that a lot of you guys weren't here that day. 
And so I'm going to preach the same message I preached on our launch day all those years ago. 134 people showed up, and we had six people say yes to Jesus. So this is a good message, okay? This is a good message. I love it. I'll even use the retro logo. This was the logo that we had 10 years ago. And so it's kind of, we kind of were going for a grungy theme back then, but the road's still there. And people are like, well, what does the road mean in your place church? The road is simply this. We're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. No one's any more spiritual than anyone else. Some people are just further along in the journey. Everybody's welcome to be a part of the journey. Everybody's welcome. You belong. You can belong before you believe, like Taylor said. And that's something we actually believe. This message 10 years ago, I simply titled it, the one, What One Can Do. What One Can Do. And I'm going to do my best to preach it just as good as I did 10 years ago. But before we do, let's invite the presence of God. Father, we love you. You need no introduction, but this is just a moment where we pause and we say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your one and only son to die on the cross and to rise again for us. And Father, it would not be right if we did not pause in our service, Sunday service schedule in our series and just give you glory. So that's what we're doing today. Holy Spirit, fill this room. Lead me, guide me, let my words be your words, pierce the thoughts of men and women all over today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I could have went a whole lot of different directions that first Easter that we opened our doors, but I got to thinking that a lot of people don't actually know why Jesus had to come, had to give his life, why he rose again, why we celebrate Easter. Jesus lived on the earth for 33 years, and in that time, his actual earthly ministry only lasted about 36 months. So what did he have to accomplish in those 36 months? And why was it necessary for him to die and to rise again? Well, to understand the answer, you actually have to go all the way back to the beginning. The Bible says in Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 1. So the very first verse of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, in our mind's eye, when we read this passage and we look up into the sky, that's what we think of as the heavens. It's like up there in the sky someplace. But I want you to think past the sky. I want you to think past uh, all, even the earth, and I want you to go way out into the stars, out into the space. Some of you have maybe heard this before, but the only star even remotely in our solar system is the sun. Okay, so the sun, 10,000 degrees. That's hot, right? The sun. It's approximately 93 million miles away, and it's the only star in our actual solar system. When we see stars, we're seeing stars that are outside of our solar system. And if, you, if light travels at 186,000 miles a second, it takes light from the sun eight minutes to get to the earth. The sun is a million times the size of the earth. So let me put that in perspective for you. I brought this little bouncy ball, right? And so it's roughly the size of a golf ball. This would be the earth. If this was the earth, okay, the sun would be about 15 feet in diameter, which is about to the top of the screen right there. So this is the earth. That's the sun. That's a big star, right? That's a big, big star. But here's the thing. 
It's just one of the hundreds of billions of stars that are in our cul-de-sac, if you will, of the Milky Way. There's actually another star out there called Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse, 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 right? Right? There's an, it's called Betelgeuse. It's 427 light years away. And if light travels at 186,000 miles a second, then if you times that by 5.88 trillion, you get a light year. Betelgeuse is twice the size, okay, of the Earth's orbit around the sun. That's how big Betelgeuse is. And to put it in perspective, if you were to take your little bouncy ball and you were to, you were to set it at the, at the base of the Empire State Building and then run across the street and look up at the Empire State Building, it's actually five times that size, it's just this mammoth star. It's huge. And people are like, well, why are, you, why are you doing all this for? Psalm chapter 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them <clears throat> by the breath of his mouth. What does that mean? God exhaled, and all of these stars came into existence. God spoke the earth into existence. And then when he, when he exhaled, when he breathed out, billions and trillions of these massive stars came out. And this was in just Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I, I thought it would be fitting 10 years later if I would read you the, the, the story of creation that I read 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, it was just a lot of scriptures. I was just trying to get my preaching wings on. I didn't really know how to do this, right? But now I've, I've learned some things, and I thought it would be great because there is a lot of scriptures. If I invited Reuben to come back out, everybody give it up for Reuben. <clears throat> so as I read the story of creation to you, Reuben's just going to lay down uh, some mood music, okay? So, so go ahead. I'll wait, I'll wait for you. Okay, there it is. Right? Genesis chapter 1, verse 8. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven and to, to, divide, to divide the day from the night. And let them be signs for the seasons and for the days and for years. And let, the, let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night 
and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Verse 20. And God said, let waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, the cattle after their kind, and every that, everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was all good. God spoke these things into existence, and that's why they're here today. But the best part is verse 26. God said, now we will make humans, and they will be like us. We will let them rule the fish, the birds, and all the living creatures. So God created humans to be like himself. He made men and women. God gave them his blessing and said, have a lot of children. Fill the earth with people and bring it under your control. Rule over the fish in the ocean, the birds in the sky, and every animal on the earth. I've provided all kinds of fruit and grain for you to eat, and I have given the green plants as food for everything else that breathes. These will be food for animals, both wild and tame, and for birds. God looked at what he had done. All of it was very good. Evening and then morning, that was the sixth day. That's the story of creation right there. Thanks, Reuben. You did a good job, man. appreciate you giving me a little accompaniment right there. So here's the thing. God created all of this for you and for me. And so many people, we, we look at creation and we think that we're here for creation. No, no. God made creation here for us. The planet, the, the, the trees, the springs, the waters, all the living creatures, they're here for us, because God says, I want you to rule over it, and I want you to have dominion over it. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 6 says, but in one certain place testified, saying, what is man that you're mindful of him? See, the writer of Hebrews is like, why don't, we're just some speck of dust to God. Like, what, what is man that you even care, God, because you're so big, you're so infinite. The son of man, that you visit him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor, and you did set him over the works of your hands. Now, interesting thing, if you do a word study on that word angels, in the Greek it's translated Elohim, which is also translated several different times in the original text as God. So literally, the scripture saying, um, you made him, talking about man, a little lower than God. So here's God in his awesomeness and his supreme being, 
And then he says, we're going to make men and women in our own image, in our likeness. So according to Hebrews, he made us just a little lower than himself. All this power and authority was given to man. Adam, that first man, Adam and Eve, they would never know boredom. They would never, ever feel pain. They would, ever, they would never know sickness or disease. They would never get fatigued. They would never grow old. And best of all, they were to never know death. Original creation was to live forever. So when God said be fruitful and multiply, it would have happened a lot faster because the human race was never supposed to die. And we see the beauty of creation all over the heavens and all over the earth. And we spent several, or God spent several days creating this environment for his prized creation. And then in one just last kind of final blew out the stars in all of the solar systems out there, knowing that one day we would grow to this place where we could design equipment to even see the awesomeness of God. When God said, let there be light, light came and light has been expanding ever since. It's just ever since. It's just been going out, out, out. This is the way God intended all of mankind to live. To never know death, to spend time with God, to never know pain, to never know boredom, to never get tired, to never grow old. And yet we read in scripture one fatal decision from Adam, and he lost everything. Now we know pain. Mankind wrestles with sickness. We get fatigued. We get tired. Our bodies grow older. It's almost like from birth, if you think about it, we instantly kind of start to decay because there's a life expectancy on our bodies. I mean, you got to wash the thing at least every 12 hours or so because it begins to stink. You know what I mean? That's not the way God created the body. But yet here's the thing. One decision changed it all. And now there's a life expectancy. And now there's a choice in eternity. There's heaven and there's hell. And sin separated us from God. The God who loved us, who created everything for us. The God who didn't speak us into existence. The Bible says he actually came down and formed man with his own hands exactly the way he wanted him to be. And he breathed life into the man's body. He breathed life into his nostrils. And then, if you'll notice, every other time, every other thing God created, he said it was good. But when he got done with the man, he stepped back and he says, now that's very good. Are you with me, friends? We are God's prized possession. We're his prized creation. And that hasn't changed. And in this moment of sin, in this moment of desperation, Adam and Eve lost that place. But God, obviously in his devastation, looked down through the expanse of eternity. And he said, there's got to be a way to rescue them. There's got to be a way to bring them back into fellowship with me. There's got to be a way. If only there was a, a human who wasn't born into sin, but yet was 
part human, part God that could go and could sacrifice his life for all of humanity. That would do it. That would change the authority. That would bring it back. But who could it be? Well, the Bible says in Genesis 1.26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Well, if God couldn't come down being the heavenly father, who could? Well, this scripture, he's talking to someone. Let us make man in our image. Well, who's, who's God talking to? The Bible says in John 1.1, in the beginning, so before the earth, before creation, in the way, way beginning, the way, way back, right? In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Well, who's he talking about? The Bible says all things that were made were made by him, and without him was, any, was, was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. If you look down at verse 14, the Bible says the Word, capital W, the Word. We're not talking about just the Word of God, your Bible, the Bible's referring to the word that was with God in the beginning. Was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, who was originally referred to as the word, was with God in the beginning. So here's what happened. As God is like, what can happen to recapture humanity? Jesus stands up and says, I'll go, Father. I'll go and I'll become as a man. I'll, be, I'll, I'll become as a human. I'll leave all my Godhead stuff, all my Godhead powers, all my authority here. And, I'll, and he, the Bible says he took off his crown and he left it on his throne. And he was born as a baby. That's why we celebrate Christmas. So Christmas and Easter are two of the biggest holidays in our calendar. Why? Because the birth of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. So here it is. A way to restore things. A way for man to live godly again. To regain a position in heaven and to hear and to know God personally. To have authority over the devil. To have authority over sickness. Over poverty. Over spiritual death. That's what the Bible says. And if you don't believe it, you can read it. It's all written right here. To know that when we die, we get to go to heaven and spend eternity with God. One man had one life and one mission, to bridge the way back to God. There had to be one that could pay the price for everyone. So he came as a child, and he lived 33 years of his life sinless. The Bible says he was in all wise tempted, just like you, just like me. He was tempted to overeat. He was tempted to let his eyes wander. He was tempted to, to get angry unjustly. Are you with me? He was tempted just like you and I were tempted, the Bible says. But the Bible says without sin. He did not sin. And the difference between him, the Bible says he was born of a virgin. Why was that such a big deal? So many people dispute that. Well... We know that the life of every creature is in its blood. And because we're born through a human father and a human mother, because of Adam and Eve's sin, we're born because we get our father's blood. 
You know, you take a blood test to see who the dad is, right? It's because you get the blood from your father. He had to be born with different blood in his veins, which is why he was born from the Virgin Mary. He didn't have an earthly father. He had heavenly blood in his veins. He was born sinless. And he lived 33 years of his life. In those last 36 months, he went around the world telling people about the love of God. He went around telling people that God loves you. He went around healing the sick, raising the dead, miracle after miracle after miracle. And he said, you know what? He says, you're going to be able to do greater things than these because I'm going back to the Father. I'm going back to heaven. I'm going back. I got a throne, a crown, like that's where I'm supposed to be. I just came to pay the price for you. And what we, what we did not understand is the price that he paid was he had to sacrifice himself. The Bible says he wasn't murdered, he wasn't killed. He laid his life down. You think it's impossible. I mean, if people wanted to kill him, they would have. No, 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 they tried. If you go back and you look through the Gospels, there were several times that angry mobs of people would pick up stones to throw at him to try to kill him. That one time they, they, they drug him to the edge of a cliff to throw him off the cliff. I know what a cliff is. I live on a cliff. It's like 100 feet down. You can imagine if they, if they drugged Jesus and they were going to throw him down, but yet the Bible says that they just quit. And Jesus just walked away. Why? Because he couldn't be killed. He had to lay down his own life. Why? Because he was part God, part human. And the Bible says when he was on that cross, he took upon his body all the sin of all the world. Your sin, my sin. Because sin was the problem. And when he took that on his body, the Bible says when they whipped him, those stripes were for your healing. See, so many people don't believe that God heals today. He absolutely does. The Bible says he was, he was bruised for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And then we have this horrible, horrible, horrible scene. Ten years ago, I showed you a movie. If you were with us on that first service, and if you have littles in the room, you may want to kind of protect their eyes. There was a reason Mel Gibson gave this a rated R rating. It wasn't because of steamy love scenes. Poor use of words. It's all in Hebrew. We had to watch the subtitles if you went to the Passion of Christ. But I wanted to show you 10 years ago exactly what Jesus had to endure. And so I brought that same clip that I showed 10 years ago on our launch day for you today to kind of give you an idea of what it looks like and feels like to be crucified on a cross. So if you have young ones, you may want to cover their eyes. Otherwise, take a look at this.
say, I spared you the scenes of the scourgings. I spared you the scenes of the whippings. But if you were there that day, you would have seen it. See, people think, oh, he just got whipped. No, 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 no. The whips back then were fashioned with pieces of bone, pieces of stone, little shards of glass-type material. And it was woven into the whip. And the guy who ran the whip knew just how to do it just right where all of those pieces would grab the skin. And then when he would pull it back, it would actually rip layers of skin from his back. Now, see, this was just a part of crucifixion. This was just a part. This was the equivalent to the death sentence back in Bible times. It was the worst way, the worst way to die. But when Jesus did that, he was receiving on his, he was paying the price for you. He was paying the price for me because we all deserve to die. We all deserve to go to hell. But when Jesus did that, the the, the Roman soldiers fashioned a crown of thorns. And I'm not talking about little rose thorns. They had those those big, thick thorns. And when they they made a a crown of it because they were mocking him, saying, the Bible, the the locals referred to him to the king of the Jews. And so they said, every king needs a crown, and they would put these crown of thorns on his skull, and then they would press the thorns in between his skin and his skull in blood. So that's, that's what you saw. He stayed up there for hours until we get to John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus, therefore, received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. For generations, you and I had been separated from God. But in that moment right there, Jesus brought us back. He became the bridge so that you and I not only could have eternal life, but we could have a very close relationship with our Heavenly Father. He said it is finished. He bowed his head. The Bible says he gave up the ghost, which basically means he died. One person with one decision ruined the entire lives of a generation after generation with that one decision. But it took one life to restore it. Amen. Ten years ago, I stopped right here. And I did an altar call. And I just invited people to accept Jesus Christ in their heart. And six people raised their hand that Easter weekend. And then I just dismissed the service. I was new, trying to figure things out. I didn't tell the group 10 years ago the end of the story. I didn't show them the end of the story. So I'm going to show you what happens next. Jesus goes. He spends three days in hell. The Bible says all of a sudden the stone that was over his grave, rolled away. And so I'm going to show you this. Here we go.
Come on, let's celebrate that. Amen. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he said, do you believe this? And that's my question to you on this Easter weekend. Do you believe this? Do you believe this story happened? Not only is it in the Bible, but it's in history books. You can tell, you can read fact after fact after fact that Jesus Christ really did live. He really did pay the price. And today, he is in heaven waiting and receiving you. One life. One mission. One choice. To win back eternity for all of us. Would you bow your heads with me? Would not be right for me to close this service without giving somebody the opportunity to receive Jesus in their heart. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Well, saved from what? Well, hell, number one. But really, you're not just saved from hell. You're saved to eternity with Jesus. You're, you, you get a life. The Bible says that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So the rest of your life here on earth, it just changes. It becomes different. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass anyone. I'm not going to have you stand up or come forward. I just need to know who I'm praying for. If that's you, you say, I need a relationship with Jesus. Or maybe I, you once had a relationship with Jesus, but you turned your back on him and you walked away. And you want to rededicate your life today. If that's you, hands are already going up. Thank you. Thank you. Just put your hand up and put it right back down if that's you. Anybody else like that? I can pray with you before we leave. Thank you. Anybody else like that? Thank you. Come on, we're not going to make thank you. We're not going to make a big deal about this. We just want to, we just want to pause and, and recognize people. The lights are pretty bright, so I can't see all the hands, so put them up high so I can see your hands. No one's looking around, just me, you, and your heavenly Father. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I can pray with you today. Anybody else? Thank you. Praise God. God's moving in this room today. This is exactly how we saw Easter happening. People coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, because the Bible says believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, we're just going to pray a prayer. And we're all going to pray it, whether you're saved or are getting saved or asking Jesus to come into your heart. We're all going to pray it because something happens when your ears hear your mouth say these words. And so if you raise your hands, or maybe you should have raised your hands, but you didn't, but you still mean it, connect your heart to this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, that he died and rose again for me. And right now, Jesus, thank you. I invite you to come into my life to make me a brand new person. I'm choosing today to spend the rest of my life in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give them a hand clap today, amen. You'll quickly find out that your place, church, we're about free stuff. We give free stuff away all the time. And if you raised your hands today, what I would like you to do in the back of the room or in that new here guide, there's a little connection card. They're on the little easels in the back of the room. It says new here. If you'll just grab a connection card and give us a way to, to send you a gift, we want to help you. We want to send you something. No strings attached. We're not going to come to your house, knock on your door. 
We just want to give you some resources that will help you in your Christian walk. Also on that connection card, if you need prayer about anything, just check the box, I need prayer. Tell us what we can pray about. We've had testimony after testimony after testimony of answer prayer at your place church. Why? Because God still moves. Amen? He still moves. And right now, we're going to worship God with our giving. And if you're new with us, you are under no obligation to to give today. This is for the people who worship at your place church, who came prepared to give today. This is one way we worship God is through giving. And so we're just going to do this. Stand up with us. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Well, where's that? That this is the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And then this is awesome. He says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. We've had people in the room test God in this area, and every single person has seen God bless them in a supernatural way. It's it's amazing to do life with God. So we're going to worship God, and then uh, from, from my family, our church, our leadership team to you, happy Easter, everyone. We love you. Father, we worship you. Thank you. Uh, we worship you with our giving right now, Father God. We return your portion back to you, and then God, we, 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 we ask you, what do you want us to do? God, we'll be those that are faithful and obedient to do what you tell us to do. We love you. We worship you right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Happy Easter, everyone. Go enjoy the sunshine. God bless you guys. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.